0: Yeah. <laughs> all right, everybody. Let's get started. Uh, I hope you all have anybody anybody spend uh, way too much time of your personal time trying to figure out how Rebecca and Isaac were related. <laughs> anybody <laughs> who, who has it figured out? Who has it figured out? <laughs> second cousin? Is second what you got? Does anybody know anybody that's married to a second cousin from Alabama? Anybody? Anybody married to a second cousin in here? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I uh, I have, uh, again, like, I have no idea how I'm going to cover everything that should be covered today, so I'm just going to trust that um, whatever I get to is is going is to be like, good for you know, what God wants us to, to learn. Uh, there are books that have been written on just the concept of Isaac being found, so there's like so much material to get through, I wish that it was kind of like split up a little bit more, but all we're going to be doing today, we're going to skip the, the theme overview here, we're we'll going to be covering uh Just the testing of Abraham, that's all we're going to be talking about. Uh, Unless, for what reason, we end up having some time at the end uh, to talk about a couple other things. But uh, we're going to talk about the uh, testing of Abraham. And this is the idea. This is at least what I think we're going to get to. We'll see how much time I have. I may skip the biblical uh, commentary on Abraham's testing, but these are the four things that we'll talk about. We're going to talk about, first, uh, just go through some details on the actual story and pull something out of the story and then we'll get into um, maybe the little commentary on Abraham from James and um, Hebrews, and then uh, talk about the biblical understanding of testing, so how the Bible talks about testing, and then I had a couple of couple of thoughts on testing that we'll get to, so that's the plan. Uh, I pray real quick. Uh, Father, I come before you, and I just I need your help. Uh, we want to learn from you. Uh, when, we want to be prepared for when you test us, so help us to, to learn. Uh, Please, here's to hear, and uh, please help me to say what I need to say in Christ's name, Amen. 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 All right, so the testing of Abraham. This is this is the, there are two points that I'm going to make on the testing of Abraham actual story. So the first one is that God knows your most valued possession, and will press down on those loyalties. Uh, that's the first thing that I saw from the story, and where where I got that um, came from. It's the first time I've actually presented on keynote, so I'm like learning <laughs> this screen work. So uh, where I get this is uh, Genesis 22-2, where it says, your son, your only son, whom you love. Uh, it's interesting. I found that uh, son is used 12 times in the story. Uh, God knows what Abraham's, what he struggles with in terms of his most prized possession. Uh, verse 22-2, it says, you know, it, it leaves this off, that whom you love. So the implication of leaving off, in verse 12 and 16, so this is after the testing. He actually, God leaves off whom you love from the narrative. Uh, so it seems like from the way that he's talking about your son, your only son, whom you love, and then your son, your only son, twice after the testing or the midst of the testing, uh, we seem to be getting this communication that um, that what it was about was Abraham's view of, uh, of Isaac, of whether or not he loved him more than God. So that seems, that's kind of interesting. So question, was this his only son? No. Uh, so it's kind of interesting why it says your son, your only son. And the thing that I pulled from that is it's just like I said, it's just like the word of the Lord to be able to get to the very specific part of the issue. The term only son is specifically tied to Abraham's belief about who God is and what he has promised in this covenant. Uh, so the reason for that your son, your only son, even though it's not like God is lying about the, the situation, but he is pointing to in this story specifically what the issue is and it's Abraham's belief that God will fulfill his promise through his promised son. Uh, so that's kind of what that was about. So, the question that seems to be at the heart of this testing is whether or not Abraham's identity is tied up in his son or in his relationship with God. That seems to be the main issue that's see there. A couple of the things that are kind of interesting, uh, well, at least from the testing here, it is clear now who Abraham treasures above all else. A couple of the things interesting from the story uh, when, it, when it comes to our testing, uh, Abraham, it said, we were told Abraham, he cuts the wood for the sacrifice. I, I found that interesting. Uh, I found it interesting because whenever I go through testing, there are things that we all have been through testing, I imagine. Uh, as a child of God, you're going to go through testing, which we're we'll going to do in a minute. Uh, but it's interesting to me that Abraham cut the wood for the sacrifice. Uh, he didn't have to. Like, he brought servants on the journey. He could have had his servants do the work. Uh, the thing that I found interesting is that uh, a lot of times when we go through testing, we know the pain through either it's alcohol or medication or something like that. We want to kind of sort of avoid the situation so that we don't have to feel the weight of what we're being tested on. Um, how painful do you think that that is for Abraham to be actually cut in the wood for the sacrifice for his son? So that's kind of interesting. Uh, so that's, that's that one, on the, on the testing part, for that part of the story. The next one is uh, on Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. Uh, so that is the, the that's the, that yeah, the Lord will provide. So that's what Abraham will talk about. Uh, so Jehovah Jireh is where we get that name from, for God. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about what that name means because I think whenever we hear the Lord will provide. Uh, at least gonna, if you don't think about it too much, then I think what you might think that this might mean is that God will provide what you need. And you might see that in the story, like he provided the sacrifice. Uh, or he might need to provide for you. If you're going to the a financially hard situation, you think in your head, Jehovah Jireh, God will provide what I need. And, uh, and I think that that is true, but I think that it's a little bit more than that. Uh, the, word for, the word that we get, gyra, is used 1,201 times in the Old Testament. Um, so there, just everything is up here now. I, I didn't do like the build out on the side here. So this, this word that we get gyra from is used 1,201 times in the Old Testament in 87 different forms. The primary uses of this form are uh, see or saw. So what you get the idea behind this see or saw is that in the midst of your testing, the way that this name came about from Abraham, is that it is through the testing that you see God show up and do what He promised that He would do. Like, you see it with your eyes that God is faithful, uh, as opposed to just thinking about it in terms of, like, that God is just going to give you stuff when you need it. That's a different view of uh, God providing for you, is that through the midst of the testing, you see that God is actually going to show up and uh, follow through on His promises, okay? So that's, I think, a little bit different way uh, to look at that. So a couple of things here. Uh, if you notice on you know, in your Bible when you see Lord capitalized, uh, Lord capitalized is Yahweh. Um, and at the beginning of the story, and this is particularly interesting because um, at the beginning of the story, Moses is writing about God with the term Elohim, which is God as creator. And then as God fulfills his promises, this, the narrative changes, and the word Yahweh is used. Uh, and one thing that I found interesting from this commentary in Genesis from Bruce Waltke, it says the names of God are carefully chosen to emphasize particular aspects of God's relationship to his people. The name God, Elohim, focuses on God as creator. By contrast, the term the Lord emphasizes God's covenantal relationship with Abraham and his descendants. So the thing that I found interesting in the story is like God, Abraham's relationship with God seemed to change in the story, where it's not like God was distant whenever he decided that he was going to obey God, but whenever, whenever he saw God, when God showed up, and like, Elo- like Jehovah Jireh, um, it seems like, at least in the story with the narrative, we're supposed to see that God, that Abraham's relationship with God became a little bit more intimate because he's viewing God as a covenant keeper. Uh, so that's kind of I find that interesting. Uh, let's see, biblical commentary on testing, 20 minutes. Uh, so I think that I'm going to talk more about this one here. So James, so this is the one that's interesting. So there's two different times. So I would go back to this. If you if you want to spend a little bit more time with this, there's two at least two instances where. Uh, I think just two actually, uh, where the New Testament gives us commentary on this testing situation. The first one is Hebrews 11, 17 and 19. And the next one is James. So, let's talk about James for a, just for a brief moment because I found this kind of interesting. Uh, let's see. Okay, I don't know. will somebody read, somebody get James 2? So, who wants to volunteer to read James 2? James 2, uh, 21 to 24, will somebody read that? Okay, thank you. So before before you read that, so again, two instances where, you know, if you want to go back to read Hebrews 11, that's kind of an interesting story. Um, but from James 2, uh, actually, you know what? I have it up here. I don't know what I'm taking. I don't know how Brian teaches this early in the morning. <laughs> uh, so it's up here. So you don't actually have that to look at it. Uh, so what, you know, what you can do is look at James two fourteen to 24 to get the whole context. But it's 21 to 24 that is um, particularly interesting to me to talk about. So, yeah, so, so since you went ahead and volunteered, can you just read what's on the screen here? Yeah, was, was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled, it says, Abraham believed God, and it was counted against righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works, not by faith with God. So okay. So this is a little bit of a complicated uh, section, especially this last one where it says, you see the person is justified by works and not by faith alone. You see how much danger you can get into if you take scripture out of context. Um, so in this situation, now we have to take this and then look back on what we saw Abraham go through in the testing in order to get an understanding of uh, Abraham already had this covenant relationship with God. Uh, as he was, I've already promised. He was already in a relationship with God. Uh, but what I feel like this is getting at is it's asking us, we should be asking the question, do your actions show the location of your faith? Do your actions show the location of your faith? And that is your faith in God, uh, or is it in your ability to uh, just think about, like, the, the, I don't know if y'all got, got that question, but Galatians, where it's the son of the free woman, the son of the slave woman, uh, where Abraham, at the time of his life, where he felt like he had to, um, he had to help God out with his promises, and, and for a moment, his faith was there, that he needed... He needed something in, in, the, in the gate. He needed to kind of help God out. So I found that kind of interesting. Your actions are the location of your faith. The second thing is the fruit from a tree demonstrates the type of tree. You cannot have faith without there being fruit on your tree. So I think that that's kind of what this is getting at here, where when it says you see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone, James, based on Scripture interpreting Scripture, he is not saying that you are saved by works. What he is saying is that you are your faith in this, in this context here It talks about demons demons know a lot more about jesus than we do the demons and the devil they know uh, and they can testify that jesus is the messiah Uh, so our faith is much more than us just at one point in our life saying that jesus is the son of god you saw jesus's ministry that the demons even said that whenever they encountered him Mm -hmm. so that is a little bit about what this is getting out here why he brings out the demons because our you know jesus had these parables about the fruit the tree uh like if you say that you are a christian and your fruit and your tree has no fruit then you are not a christian what you think about that fruit is what he's getting at this this works like if god told you to do something and you don't do it then you have to wonder why what are you doing are, is all you're doing in your life just saying that i believe in god but when he asks you to do something and it takes you to a test what's the outcome of that test that makes sense uh so that's the commentary on testing uh biblical understanding and testing this is this is like, super interesting to me. Um, this is where I had I had so many verses, I couldn't even put all of them um, on this, but the understanding the testing. There are these, there's two ideas, two categories that I, that I saw when I was thinking about testing. One is like that part in James 1.13, where it says, James 1.13, I'm gonna read this part here. So James, so James 1.12-15, so this is the first category you can think of testing, uh, where you have in your mind where it says that God, that you can't say to God, test. Um, but then you see all this testing. So that's what James 1, 12 to 15 talks about. It says, blessed is a man who remains steadfast under trial, and when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, that tempted is the same word as the trial word. So we, we can't just kind of work around this and say like this is not a test, um, because what it's saying is, let no one say when he is tempted or tested, I am being tested by God. Uh, tempted is the translation for the SV, same word though. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and He Himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then, desire, when it is conceived, is birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. So, how do we what do we think about this? I mean, I kind of already spilled the beans here. Uh, what you think about when it comes to this type of testing that James is talking about is what you see in Proverbs when Proverbs talks about the woman in the corner that's trying to get you to come in and sleep with her, and inside the house is death. That's the kind of testing that comes from malice or a bad place. Or what you think about in our culture, influencers who put in their bio a link to their OnlyFans account to try to get you to click on it and then do whatever you know is done on OnlyFans. Like that is a temptation with evil intent. That is something that God cannot do. Uh, so that's how you think about James when it comes to testing. Like that's a category for testing, and that kind of testing with an evil intent. That does not come from God. That is a part of the human condition, the flesh, all those things. So that's that's one category for testing. The next part of testing. Uh, there are, I think I have a few things here, but there, there are a few a few things here on the testing that I'm going to talk about in the other category, the, the part that comes from God. One, testing exposes our heart. Okay, that's the first thing. Testing exposes our heart. Deuteronomy 8.2 says, And you remember, you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness, that he might humble you, testing you to know what is in your heart whether you would keep his commandments or not. So we see that testing from God in the wilderness is exposing the heart of the folks <coughs> that are traveling through the wilderness. Um, the next one I want to talk about is Proverbs 17:13. The crucible is for silver, and the furnace is for gold, and the Lord tests the heart. Uh, so the crucible is for silver, the furnace is for gold. Um, maybe all, ever used a, um, an anvil in a furnace? Anybody done that before? Like make, made a knife? through yeah with the furnace so it's very it's very like violent process whenever you are uh, making a knife so I, I, was, I was over i'm not gonna spend anyways i don't have <laughs> enough time for this but the basic idea is whenever you heat something up in order to shape it it's a very violent process the heat is hot the, the hammer is like sparks are fine everywhere like it is not an easy process to go through testing in order to be shaped by uh, the kind of testing that god that god does on us so testing exposes the heart so when that testing happens what is in our heart will be revealed. So what was revealed in the, in the wilderness? Whenever God tested their heart. Stiff Grumbling stiff neck, They had to wander for four years and die off so that, you know, a new generation could come. But while the new generation was being tested, like, you know, God was revealing what was in the heart. And as far as Abraham, his test revealed what was in his heart, which is my son, whom you love, your only son, to uh, your, your son, and then the, the whom you love part. Like, Abraham loved God above all else is what we saw in that test. Uh, so, it exposes our heart. First thing uh, testing reveals our foundation. Uh, so, Jeremiah 17 7 to 8. Uh, and I'm going to read that, and then Matthew 7. So, the idea here is that when when the Bible talks about things like heat, uh, and what we'll see in Matthew 7, floods, wind, the wind blew, beat the house, all the things we're going to read here, think of that as testing. When you go through life and difficult things happen, uh, that's testing your foundation. Uh, the, the things that are happening in your life, the Bible is talking about them in terms of a, a storm in your life. Okay, So the first thing here, Jeremiah 17, 7-8 seven says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green, and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. So the, the testing in this moment would be uh, he coming, the year of the drought So this tree, has, as it's tested Has a particular foundation Which is the Lord That is producing fruit Even in difficult circumstances okay? The next thing I want to talk about Is Matthew 7, 24-27 Everyone then who hears these words of mine Says Jesus And does them will be like a wise man Who built his house on the rock And the rain fell and the floods came And the wind blew and beat on that house But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do that will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and bit against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall. Uh, so as you're going through a time of testing, your foundation, uh, it is going to, it's going to shake. It's going to shake in terms of like not falling, but the wind is still blowing on your house. And, the, the, and you, can't, you can't know what your foundation is until after the storm. Because if it's not on the rock, then after the storm, you, your house is going to fall. So a lot of times it's like deep relationship that you have with God, and you're in Him, you're not going to really know until you go through some significant testing in your life. Uh, and that's how good God is to grow our faith and our intimacy with Him by taking us through very difficult storms. And that's what the testing is. Testing produces endurance. Not going to go there. Um, to read that, other than to say... Uh, this is at the end of Abraham's life and we can say that he endured right like this is the story is he, he dies pretty soon after this I don't know exactly how many years I didn't do the, the research on that but this is kind of like the last significant test in his life he's been tested all along but we can see through the testing some endurance here so it's kind of interesting all right uh, let me say testing thoughts on testing okay thoughts on testing uh, so this is the first one here thoughts on testing uh, so what are you willing to sacrifice to follow Jesus <laughs> That's the question that we need to ask ourselves. Um, by, by this, what I, what I mean is when testing comes, you will be asked to sacrifice something. Now, it's likely not going to be that you go and, you know, take a knife to your son and kill him. You know, that's not going to be the test that, that, you're, that you're given. But as we talked about earlier, God knows what is most important to you, and he's going to test that because he's a good father and he cares about you. Uh, so the question that we need to ask ourselves is what are you willing to sacrifice to follow Jesus? Because God knows what's most important to you and He will ask you to give it up. If it's not him, I'll ask you to give it up, he's a good father. So I wanted to read these two these two verses here. <coughs> I'm all messed up here on this. Okay, so Luke 923. Luke 923 Jesus it says, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. So now we, can't, we can think about testing as a particular event that you're going through, uh, but you can also think about testing in terms of like th- this is a daily occurrence in your life, that you are daily taking up your cross and following Jesus. And obviously part of the taking up your cross, this is uh, not a pleasant experience. You are, you are constantly having to lay your life down and sacrifice your life to follow Jesus. And part of that life definition are the things that are most important to you when they come up against being faithful to God and following him. That's a test, and, and you're being tested in that moment. Uh, Hebrews 12, this is something that has been very interesting to me the last few years, Hebrews 12, 1-2. Hebrews 12, 1-2 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, as if Abraham was part of this story whenever he's talking about this great cloud of witnesses, so we need to have that story in our mind. Let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance. Remember, testing increases endurance. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfect of our faith, and for the joy set before him, and the the cross, despising this shame, and the seed at the right hand of the throne of God. So. One thing that, uh, on this question here, what do you want to sacrifice to follow Jesus, what, the thing that I hope sticks out to you is this idea of let us also lay aside every weight. This lay aside every weight are the things that come into your mind that are slowing you down in your race to be faithful in your walk with Jesus. So there will be things that God brings to your mind that you know are slowing you down, whether that is you're drinking too much alcohol and you don't have your mind right in the morning when you wake up so you can't spend time with Jesus, or like you're fuzzy at night because you're drinking too much alcohol and like your mind is not right and the Holy Spirit is to you at that moment, if there are things that you are looking at that you shouldn't look at, uh, if it is anything like that that you know is part of your life that is slowing you down. And it doesn't even have to be a bad thing. It can be something that is hindering you from being as faithful as you should be. Whether that's how you know, A lot of times for us is how we spend our time, how we spend our time. Uh, if there is something in your life that is slowing you down in your walk with Jesus, what you need to think about is... Uh, based on what you saw in Abraham's life, are you willing to lay it aside so that you can more faithfully follow Jesus? And that that will be from today for the rest of your life. As you continue to grow in your faith with Jesus and grow deeper in your relationship with him and experience him more, there will always be things in your life that you see are slowing you down. And the question is, uh, are you willing to give that up to be more faithful in your walk with Jesus? Uh, Do we desire the things we get from God or God himself is what we saw? Uh, I think that this is one of the questions um, that will come up when we ask the question, what are you willing to sacrifice to follow Jesus? Um, So that's another way to think about that question. Um, Two minutes ago, about one minute. Uh, This is another another question here to think through. We've been given the promise of eternal life. Do we think that we can now just live how we want and believe that the testing of of our faith does not have to produce good fruit? This goes back to what I was saying before. It is not enough to just say that you believe in Jesus because the demons believe in Jesus. Uh, if you're through your testing, if you do not see fruit in your life, then you have to wonder what your foundation is. Because what's important in that parable that Jesus told is that when the storms come, the, at the other end of that storm, uh, is your house still standing? Uh, is your tree bearing fruit in the drought? Like that's the kind of examination that we should be doing in our life uh, to know whether or not that we belong to Jesus. Uh, because as a good father would do, we will be tested we will be tested. We will be taken through the storm. And on the other side of this is a deeper relationship with Jesus for those who are in Christ. You will have a deeper relationship with Jesus and understand the promises of God even more than you do uh, today. All right? So I think that's all have time for. Um, thanks for listening to me. Hopefully this will make for y'all. Um, let's pray and then we'll get, get out of here. Anything else to say at the end here? Make up? No? Okay. Uh, Father, we come for you and um, pray that as we are tested uh, that we would keep our eyes uh, fixed on you, Jesus. Thank you that um, that we can be assured that um, because you love us, that you will test us so that we can grow in our intimacy with you. Um, so help us to be faithful. Help us to follow you. And I pray all this in Christ's name. Amen.